0: This is a poor substitute for the, usually we have this annual Q&A session, Rabbi Terringan and myself, which is just so much more fun. Um, I guess it's not happening this year. I'm, uh, I'm still in the middle of the Zman, didn't have time to come here. You know, It's only the YU boys that have time to come here. Okay, in KBY, we still, uh, Zman ends on Thursday. I still have two more shurim to say. Uh, what can we do? Yeah, there are some schools which give back the Torah about a week after they receive it, right? <laughs> Roughly, 10 days after you receive it, you give it back. The Jews waited 39 days, but some other institutions of greater learning, they give it back 10 days later. No, we, we don't give it back that fast. Okay, right? That's the way it is. Okay, so let's let's do this today. Okay, the obvious question on the table is we are... We have started Rish Chedish Oder of, a nice slip of the tongue, because that's the Rosh Hashanah Gemara. Rosh Hashanah Gemara is Keshem, Shemich Nicholas Oder, Marvin Besimcha, Kach, Mish Nicholas Oder, Mematim Besimcha, Azaiz Loshana Gemara. I am Mematim Besimcha. How do you define simcha? So we're going to have to use thing: happiness, nice. What does that mean? You won't know. Okay. What, 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 how do you define the, uh, uh, the, the the emotion of happiness? What exactly do you feel? Giddy. No. What exactly is it that you feel when you're happy? I got to tell you a story to explain why I asked this question when I remember. As a young boy, I learned in heaven yeshiva. It's a big yeshiva in Yerushalayim. Um, and I once was walking Shabbos Cholomite Pesach with the Mashgiach. She was a, a Talmud of Tzav You probably don't know who that was the original Reb Finkel the founder of, of, of Slabotka Yeshiva, the Rebbe Reb Kotler, Rebbe Kamenetsky Rebbe Sikhotner, and so on and so forth so Rebbe the mashgiach, was mamish's Talmud movement he was a mashgiach. I always laugh and say this is the criteria for being a mashgiach. first he used to say Chaburus Ankotsham and Tyrus in the Yeshiva knew he can do that, they made him into a mashgiach. Understand that was the criterion where I came from. First, he has to no know, cut human tires. Anyway, so is walking with me in the street, and, um, and he starts telling me the famous story in Gittin of Rabbi Yochem and Zakkai being um, they, they whisked them out of the oats uh, of Jerusalem in a coffin. And then he meets Vespasian, which is Aspasianus, which at the time was the, uh, was, the, uh, was the general, the commander of the legions which had laid siege to Jerusalem. And he says to him, Shalmalech HaMalka, greetings, king, emperor. He says, yeah, I don't understand you, my dear friend. Manav Shechich HaEv I'm not a king, so you're Mary and if I am a king, why didn't you come earlier? So the Gemara says, he tells them, "Listen, I know you're a king because the passage says that uh, the levana you yipail that the levana you shall in the base of Midrash will fall in the hands of a great king, and we're about to fall to your hands. Obviously, now in the Shemaim you're called a king." So he says, uh, and actually it didn't take a few minutes, and the, uh, a messenger had come from Rome that the Senate had uh, voted him in to be emperor. Okay, And all of a sudden he had a hormonal reaction, and his right foot swelled up. And that's actually quite normal, when you get hormonal reactions to very good ideas, very good feelings, and you blow up a bit. I always say your papa must have been a very happy man. You know, but become a little bit towards the end. Okay, you must have been a very happy man, either that or when he said very loud, whatever or he ate, um, definitely possibility, one of the three possibilities. Okay, uh, so uh, and his foot's all up. So he says, "You're a smart guy. What should I do?" Says, so "No problem. You got these generals that you can't stand. Oh, I got plenty of them." Okay, come to come near you. So he calls this general, which he can't stand, and what naturally happened was that his foot shrunk, because once again, he had a reaction, and it shrunk. So the, and now we usually, when there's, Meshkiach used to tell these Talmud stories, you figured he was going to uh, do something with it. So I was waiting, we're walking in the street, this is a shmooz, you know, we're walking, actually we were walking towards Kivrei HaMalachim, he took me for a walk. And, um, and, and he, uh, he look, turns around, stops, and he's like this 85-year-old man, you have to understand. He says, do you ever swell up from happiness? And I said, no. Do you ever shrink, shrivel from sadness? And I said, no. I thought about it. I said, no. There was no use of lying to him. He was a very, very insightful person. So he says, Why? Well, my cynical self was, come on, this Gamora stuff, relax on me, you know what I mean? Uh, what, what do they always need? This is, no, really, why? Thank you, oh, perfect. Is there sweetener in this? Oh, How are you doing, I not even know who's here. Okay, and um, that's not cow's milk. It's almond or something. Soy, yeah, fingers. Religious institution. Okay, so, um, so uh, he looks at me and says, why? Well, obviously at that stage, you're not going to say anything stupid. You keep your mouth shut. And I just looked at him. He says, no, Mandel, why? I wasn't going to say something stupid. I didn't know why. He says, I'll tell you why. Because you really don't live your own life. You don't smile because you're happy. You don't cry because you're sad. You're programmed by the world around you. You don't really have authentic feelings. We all smile when it's appropriate. And we all close our eyes during an ebbing or during Avdallah. And we, you know, whatever we do, we met God on Killington and whatever it be. I used to do this stuff at Levimalkus, you know what I mean? This is so programmed and so plastic that's less than pathetic and we've trained ourselves to put these smileys on our faces and frowns on our faces, like all of a sudden in the sound of Taikif, everyone's crazy about me, yechaviy, me You're a 16-year-old kid. but you really think you're gonna die? Hello? No, but you know, you, get, you start moving your shoulders and getting into it. That's all plastic. None of it is authentic and real. Oh, you're going to close your eyes and sing, Vihari, Neinu, Yeah, very. you know when it's real? If 10 minutes later you open a Gemara and learn. That's when it's real. You know when it's real? When you said Avarabah in the morning, you said the most poignant prayer in the Siddur. We don't beseech God in any way the way we beseech in that prayer. Avinu, Av, Harachmon, Hamarachim, Rachim Aleinu. Have Rachmanus on us. We need this, right? What do you need? Same Billy Bin Lahavin, Ulaskiel, Lishmoyah, Lilmoit, Ulalameit, Lishma, Lassets, Ulakayim, it's what? Five pages in Babakama, or Rosh Hashanah, It's kol divrei, Talnut, Secha, Ba'aba. I need to be able to totally know, fulfill with all my heart, Kol Atore Okay, so God figures you're kvetching so much, Mr. Dumme, as soon as you finish one answer, you get over to your mark. No, relax. We show up at 9.15 to Seder. We have a hit. Eh. And by 11 we're tired. And v'chulub, I don't have to say what it looks like. It's the epitome of plasticized Judaism. And you even kvetch, right? we We do all the songs and the movements. And it's NCSY, we're always happy, right? And it's spiritual, and it's this, and it's that. It's candy land, guys. This is not real. And you should challenge yourselves. Do you want it to be real? Well, if you wanted it to be real, you'd be doing something about it. I don't think you want. Do you wish to want? Do you wish to will to want to desire for it to be real? I'm giving you a lot of wiggle room. Well, we'll say yes. You know, if you go back like six stages, but that you're not supposed to smile. This you know, say, okay. Let's do something about it. Let's do something about it. It's enough for the gemara gershami. Tyson brings some brachis, You dial from a base. You can kind by saying "Averabba," but so, the It's only for immediate you. You sit and learn. Why? Because that shows you. You it meant what you were saying. If you didn't, you, know, you didn't immediately you were saying "sorry." We already realize that. The question is: To what extent are we real? To what extent is our Judaism plastic? To what extent are we again putting on the smileys like your mayor told? Are we reliving a religious life? Or are we going through emotions? How many times have you sung, Kihem chayenu Did you mean what you said? It's not what I do in life. This is the essence of my life. This is what life is understanding a rajba, cracking a taisviz, knowing something. This is your life. Give me a break. Lo Haya velo nivra. So how can we go on doing this? That's the question on the table. Does God enjoy us faking it out? Or The only way you can do this if somehow you realize how far you are from the truth and you're at least really dreaming to one day be a little bit more true to yourself. Epis. And here I'll tell you a story. The, um, um, the Balatanya He, not that many people could go for private audience before you got to private audience to him. Whew, you first had to have a Bechina on shas, shalom, and rachis chachma by his brother Abu Duleib. After you passed the Bechina then you then you takin Hashem. So now go to the rebbe and he'll give you advice by avoid Hashem. That was the way it was once upon a time. Okay? And it was understood, an Oivet Hashem is someone which broke his back and learned. Both Sifrei Musa and Avoida, then it was Shalon Reish's Chachma, and Parshid, good old, Gemara, Rashi Taisvis. Without that, you're not an Oivet Hashem. You're a wannabe. Halavai. You're a wannabe. I love to, I love to, wish to, will to, want to, aspire to be. You know, I want to include us all in there because I'm sure we all, when I if, I if I go there, we're all there, which is great. But let's remember that's what we are. So this young man got into the Rebbe, and he told the Rebbe, "I got to tell you the honest truth," and he starts saying, "You know, pashati," and he starts telling, him, "Listen, I um, I goofed." Rebbe looks up to him and says, "No, so what." guy shakes, thinks, gets red in the face and says, And the truth is, I don't really give a darn. You shouldn't say that, right? I don't care, right? Is that the word? Okay. Okay, I don't care. Um, and the rabbi looks up to him and says, "No." And now what? So what? Then he says, Rabbi, I actually don't care that I don't care. And then he realized how low he was. He fainted. He came in asking, you know, a tikkun for tshuva. And then he realized he doesn't even care that he doesn't care about it. He attained honesty. So the story goes that the Rebbe knocked him on the shoulder and says, Young Gemanshik, now we know where we're at. Thank God. Let's work from there. Don't work with me from the eighth floor. Let's work from the bottom basement. Because if we're going to build eighth of the, the eighth floor and we don't have a foundation, it's going to topple anyway. What's the use? We have to build from very beginnings. This is the... I want you to... I take this because this week, Shabbos, is Tisha B'Av. And officially, we're all supposed to be in mourning for the Migdush. I'd love to ask a question, but with total honesty, is there anybody here which really misses the Migdash? Please, if it's true, raise your hand and I'll give you a Baruch Is there anybody here really sad that we don't have a temple where skirted priests are slitting throats of goats? and sprinkling blood on altars with Levine singing oriental nasal music that you can hear on the Arab radio. Is there anybody here really mourning for anything? I want a yes for somebody. Somebody should lie to me. I'm very proud of you all. At least you know the truth. Oh, but we're going to have a very uplifting kinos. This is like pathetic! Don't you understand? We don't have the bottom basement, and you're going to be crying about what happened during the Crusades, which is most of the keynotes are. Okay? Are you really, do you feel terrible about what happened in the Crusades? Do you? Do you, do you feel terrible? Is it, do you feel terrible that they burnt the Talmud back way back and during the time of Ram Rutenberg? Well, we have art school today. What happened in tears, you know what I mean? Come on. Okay, come on. Well, you can sit on the floor at the hotel, and you're all going to do this kumzits together, right? And it's going to be inspiring. I'm telling you, it's like I, I used to convince guys that they met God in Killington, you know, when they were doing mountain biking. You know what I mean? But you didn't meet God in Killington. You bruised your knees in Killington. That's what you did. Okay? Then you said, oh, God! <laughs> goes, oh, that's the God you met in Killington. <laughs> Mount Killington, Vermont, We go skiing, okay? Uh, I'm trying to say, <laughs> how real is this? I wish really you'd stop here, because something is telling me that never, ever, no one ever spoke to you this way. I'm literally taking the carpet under your feet of most of your comfort zone with your religious posture. Okay, I feel comfortable doing this. I do it with my students the whole time. Ask him. You know what I mean? That's how you learn how to learn. By first showing them they don't know anything. After you destroy them, then you can rebuild it. It's called, it's called binyan, right? So you want to build anything, you first have to destroy, literally, decimate the artificialities which are really not real. The Gemara says, that after the first korban the levim could no more say describe god as gadol gibor venora they couldn't see god is god awesome i don't see it the glory are having a party in his kedushah kedushim and, and and it doesn't no fire striking them is he really awesome <laughs> oh he's so strong his poor nation is thrown and torn to pieces between 70 wolves. He didn't do anything about it. I don't see his gibor, you know. Ayik Rashi says, why did they stop saying it? Ki esri bainam God does not, want, does not like lying. If you don't say things that you describe and when you're not honest about it. He wants your honest feelings expressed in words. If you don't honestly feel that way, don't call him that. He doesn't need to be buttered up, he doesn't have a battered ego. He wants your recognition for your sake. But what's the use of paying lip service if there's nothing of you behind the words? That's the issue on the table. They knew their Lord that He hates things which are dishonest. Sheker is a terrible thing. So, one of the basic foundations of the Nefesh of Adam is the Midas ha-emes To not live in Emis is to undermine your soul identity. He says, because of that, interesting. Even if gezel akum, stealing from a non-Jew, there's lying, cheating. You know what I mean? Like 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 playing on You know, playing him, as we say. Okay. That's iser de even if it's a goi. Gnevis dash is oser de reise, even by a guy, even if Gnevis moment is not. Kia emes, hi mi hanefish. How so important is to be honest and real. How so opposite of Judaism is to be external, shallow, plastic. So how exactly are you going to go through Tish above? that's the question on the table you poor kids you know what I mean in nine days whatever they don't let you do why not <laughs> you're going through the motions what's also nice at least you're identifying with Jewish tradition it has a value okay and it's the official Jewish mourning day so I figure I don't know, I'm not mourning but I identify with the Jews that did mourn if there are any for real there must be some okay maybe that's okay but that's not real. Is that what you really think and say? And if you'd say that, that would be good. At least you're honest. But no, you're not going to do that. I know what happens, brother, I used to do this year. <laughs> you're going to go through the motions, and different rabbis are going do these 50 minute things with these keynotes, and you're going to say, uh huh, what else is new? <laughs> Come on, when's this over? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Come on, is this real? It gets worse. And that is, as we know, based on a Ramban in Teresa Adam, not that push, but it's a Ramban in Teresa Adam, it's a, where he describes Hilkas Avelis, where he literally describes that the Availus uh, of the uh, nine days is equivalent to Schleish, to 30 days of mourning. That's a Ramban in which which chaira the natural, uh, continues with that logic would be that the Minag of the uh, three weeks is like the Shtemes or like the 12 months of parents. This has no source in Rishonim at all. It's all based on one Ramban, which equates the Din of Kibbutz uh, to Shloyshim. That's a, that's a Ramban. Not sure if we take it that far, but Rav took it very far. To the extent he poskened with that... Um, whatever but that's definitely there which is a nice way to say that we are so to speak l- l- doing an, introver- an inverted system of availus. instead of starting with Aninus Avelis Yom Rishon which is the Raysa according to Rev Rishonim, ultimately Shiva finally Shleshim and then Shtemes we do the opposite because we have to get into the mood. So we start with the three weeks. which is like the Avelet for Ultimately, we move down to Shleishim, which is the, what's happening now, nine days. And then you're sitting like Shiva on in, uh, in Tisha Bibi, You're on a small stool, etc. And that's the Eloch. You know, but you have to understand that is only true. We only sit that type of is for a father and a mother. Not for a brother, not for a sister, not for a cousin, not for an uncle, not for an aunt. Only for a father and your mother do you mourn 12 months. It's a nice way of saying if we accept this extrapolation of the Ramban as being valid, as I know Rav Solveig really down based on that type of thinking, that means to say we expect you to feel with the loss of the base, the loss of your father and mother. Thank God you have them. I'm a little older than you. Mine have gone on to another worlds. And I can describe a very traumatic experience. Because what it is, is you suddenly lost connection with your source of existence. The Ramban writes in Parshish uh, Yisrael. What is the relationship between man and his father and mom? Ramban says how important that is. Why is it the honor of father and mother have been equated in halacha to the honor of a Baruch Hu? He says because what father and mother are, they are your source of existence. Not because they're nice, not because they're sweet. Even if he's a terrible dad or a terrible mom, But they gave you one present, whether you're aware of it or not, or whether they were aware of it or not. And that's called, they're the reason for the gift of life that you have. They put together a biological process, and here's you. I repeat, whether they said oops when they found out or not is irrelevant. I still remember I had a kid in KBY, this goes back years ago. He was sad. I pulled him into my office and said, listen, child. Come on, what is it? So he says, I'll tell you something, Rabbi. The typical American family has 1.5 kids. If you live in Upper West Side Manhattan, you understand 1.5 is a big number there. And 2.4 dogs. I mean, I see these poor, lonely people walking around with three chihuahuas. You know what chihuahuas with this like dressed in Burberry sweaters, you know, on, uh, uh, on West End Avenue. You know what I mean? I mean, goodness sakes! A Burberry sweater for—he's got three little chihuahuas, like this guy's walking around. Dresses them in style, you know—a Burberry sweater, not bad. Okay, he probably has one and a quarter kids, but he has three dogs. He can't have too many because they don't allow them in the apartments. Anyway, but uh, reality is, so this kid says, you know, Rabbi, I'm a .5 kid. He said, "What do you mean?" Says they didn't want me, and he knew it. He was the mistake. He was the oops. So when I say oops, I'm not laughing. I met a kid that felt that way, and it took a lot, a lot of help. Thank God, he God he gives gives gifts to people to help to rebuild this boy's you know sense of self and ego. And Baruch Hashem, today he's a very, very successful person. Baruch Hashem, does a lot, stucka, wins a lot. He was less than a broken kli, believe me, because he was .5. He was less than the Burberry sweated Chihuahua, because at least they wanted them. So you understand. Um, I don't know why I got into that one, but it doesn't matter. When you. Um, how to I get into that? I lost my train of thought. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. We'll go further anyway. Who cares? Okay, so um, when your dad and mom is not because they wanted you, right, that's it. Even if they said oops, right? That's what I had to explain what the oops means, okay? They get, they're the source of your gift of, of your life. And the idea of Judaism demands for man always to look backwards to his source. And always to see himself as a derivative of a primary source, and the Ramban writes, if you train to honor your source, you will ultimately look back to your primary source, which is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And he literally writes, and there will be the old daddy, the source of it all, which is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. writes, why do you think it's a criminal offense to kidnap a kid and and sell him? Why is it Haif Misa? So the Ramadan says but you know why? Because he'll never see his source. He won't know his daddy and his mommy. He'll never be able to see his source. He won't be able to train himself to constantly look to source reality. And he's lost the biggest clea possible for Yurishabaim. So when we talk about losing dad and mom, it's losing my anchor to the source of my identity, it's losing my tool to get closer to understanding and respecting my primary source which is the Kaddish Baruch and the loss of the base of Migdash obviously according to this is the loss of the source of my identity does anybody feel entrenched in Migdash to become like father and mother and I've lost my anchor of identity the answer is going to be again a flat no and that's impossible because Iker Avelis is belave. I can tell you a share on that, but this is not the place. Iker Aninus is belave, and according to Rambam, all Avelis is nothing more than an extension of the alokhas of Aninus. Aninus is the stage before burial where we don't really do anything, we're just broken up, and we're put to for mitzvahs. The pasik that is the source of Avelis, very right, so the Rambam brings an Ikhis Avelis, periodical, is from a Pasuk of Aninus. It is obviously the Ramo understands that the expressions of Avelis when you do post-Chlura are nothing more than external expressions of feelings you had originally pre-Chlura when you were broken up. And that's the Iker Avelis. Well, let's try to understand what this Avelis is for because this will somehow bring... I I can make meaning of this because this has to become meaningful. Because if it won't be meaningful, I shudder to think of it. Young boys who want to sit and learn—you guys are crazy, right? You spend six weeks here to learn two stories a day. Man, I, I can—I I got a nephew in the, you know in, a, in another camp where they do tefillah all day, so it's unbelievable, right? You want to do something, right? What are you mm-hmm. supposed to be doing? What's velus for? What do you feel in availus? Because that's what you're supposed to be feeling in this mikdash business. The Raman writes in Avelus. He describes exactly what a is supposed to be feeling. He actually says, this is the primary reason of the din of Avelis. So the Rambam as follows. If I can find it, I haven't seen this for a while. No, this is beforehand. <laughs> I would... The Raman writes, <laughs> A person which does not um, mourn as prescribed by the Chachamim. It says, <laughs> He is a callous person. <laughs> Achzori means callous, lacks basic healthy sensitivities. And the Rama continues and writes, What does that mean? And yeah, until well, well, I peruse over here to find it, and I'll tell to you about pandemic in the meantime. So the Rama writes, Ella, you're supposed to be feeling the first three days of Avelus. <laughs> Did you ever read a little bit of Greek mythology? Democles' sword? Okay, forget it. Uh, today's high school. Okay, you know what I mean? I, 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 I encounter that after my students, you know. they, 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 they have no culture. They, I don't know what the high schools are like today. Anyway, so um, the first three, three days of Avelis, you're supposed to feel literally a sword next to your neck. After the third day until the seventh, as if it's not on your neck, but so to speak it's in the corner dangling in front of you. From then further for the rest of your life, you constantly see it wherever you walk in the market. The Ramam says, calls says for what? Loyres atmoi, for one reason only, Loshuv Batshuva. The din of Velus. All these specific externalities have one purpose: of aniinu shabalev is to cash in on a trauma, and I'll explain that trauma in a minute. For to decide to change things and change your lifestyle and change change, change you, do tshuva. Here it is: Perik Yud Gimel. Let me read it: Halachi Yud Beis. Abel Hareza Ella, there are three stages. Pachad, daga pachad means you, you, you're terrorized, you're frightened. Daga means concerned, equals you're not frozen anymore. But now you can start thinking, hey, what do I do? And finally, the last one is, myself. go through introspection, go through introspection. Continues, The sword is here, next to your neck. It's in the corner there, ready for you when you want it, or whether it wants it. Wherever you go, you're going to see it. Call lachin atzmo, this to prepare yourself, Lazor to return to your original source, ye or mishnato to wake up from your slumber. Vareyo omer, the pasuk says he kisa You smit them, you gave them gullus chorban, and they didn't shake. How is it possible that you don't shake when such trauma occurs? So Michlaf, there we deduce Valachil, any person that goes through a trauma, as aforementioned, we expect him to wake up and to shake and change. Let me explain what this is, because this is really Nague about. You know what it is? People think that mourning is, uh, is being sorry for the dead person. Oh, I miss him. He was such a great guy. But one day you'll learn ksubus. And even when you guys go to school, you'll get to that hay. Um at base. Stomach, you'll get there. Okay? Hopefully, with nine to get Okay? Okay? So as Rashi raised them a purish, that the tsar, the pain on the lost relative, is not a mitzvah. That tsar shavishus. Why is it not a mitzvah? Because why would God command things which are obvious? I'm supposed to be commanded to love my wife. Imagine telling my wife, Suzanne, the Rambam writes, I have to love you. Brother, dear, I'll end up sleeping in the doghouse. There ain't no way. You love me because so Rambab Rambam, Get got news for you. Okay? Hopefully, normal people are in Sar when a close person, close to them, you know, passes on. You don't need a commandment for things which are obvious. Hopefully. <laughs> in a normal world. Okay, I would hope so. Okay, uh, that's Rashi and So, what is the mitzvah? The Tsar of mitzvah of availus. The Tsar of mitzvah of availus is not because someone died. It's because all of a sudden you've encountered mortality. We all think we're going to live forever. Your age? Are you kidding? When you guys say, Al leizikna, You think of some old granddaddy over there in the shul, walking with a cane. Me, I'm here forever. Right? Everyone thinks they're here forever. And thank God for Botox, the ladies also think they're here forever. Well, they're not. And what happens when you see death, it suddenly hits you that no one's here forever. And all of a sudden, you encounter mortality. And that's what you feel. You feel the knife next to your neck. And I can tell you, this is not just a Ramam, it's true. I went through Avelis with my father and my mother, and a sister, actually. You you encounter mortality, you realize, you know what? No one's here forever. You know the first thing I did when I got out of the Shiva when my dad passed away, it was a long time ago already? I went and bought, I said all of a sudden, oops, I don't have an insurance policy, I have to worry about my wife. I was a young guy. I went and bought myself a heavy insurance policy. I suddenly realized I don't live forever. It hit me. It suddenly became real that can be tomorrow. Not just theoretically, all of a sudden I encountered mortality. Life is not forever. And then you start reading those books that tell you, well, it's a short voyage, guys. You might as well make the most of it. And I say that every time on Shabbos in the morning. And they say, hey, Rabbi, how are you doing? So I say, you know, I just, on Shabbos, I say, you may say, I shama." You know that means? Yeah, 70, 80, Most of your life is a waste of space. He goes, because he cuts, chish, immediately. And you fly off. It happens all of a sudden. Don't you realize you have to live every minute of your life as a meaningful reality? Because God, you don't know what tomorrow is. With great respect, the chazak is, no, the best chazak is, shema yomos la'alter But shema yomos chashinon. We don't think you're dying five minutes, but no one is here forever. And we must live with that feeling, live your life as if, you know, you got ten minutes to go. <coughs> and make it, not to be depressed, but to make it meaningful. And that's what Avelis is supposed to be about, not giggling about pictures, oh, didn't he look cute here, and things like that. That's the antithesis of Avelis. Avelis is not to cry over the dead. Avelis is to think of mortality, how we make our lives meaningful. How do we make our lives meaningful? And that's what the Kaddish is all about. You suddenly say, listen, my life's purpose is to Yizkadel, V'Yizkadel Shmei Rabbah, I must enhance the understanding and the covet of Shemayim in this universe that's my job I have to internalize that my job is to make the world a better world by the time I leave than it was on my birthday I've got to get more covered Shema and more covered for HaKadosh Baruch and his value system by the time you you're out than it was on your birthday and each and every one of us can and has the capability of having an impact somewhere along the way there's not one Jewish soul who doesn't have a unique job of re-recovered Sharmayim, each in his own way and your job is to actually will you please start doing it maybe it needs to you know be nice to the little kids selling uh, Girl Scout cookies I don't know, smile, I don't know what it is I couldn't care less some ways of, re- of enhancing God awareness and appreciation of God and His Torah in the world it's a pasach in Yeshayahu. All called by my name equals all that I created. Vichvodit was for my glory. Barasiv, I created it. I formed it. Afas, also made it equals brought it into reality. It's a pasuk in Navi. And that's our job. And that's our job. yes, how does it sit with Mikdash? Well, let me explain. And I can tell you honestly, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And um, through the years, I tried my best. I, as I said, wish to will to want to aspire to be honest with my religion. And I think you have to be honest with the Taishmas, you know what I mean? I, always, I have a big cloud. The Raman writes that why, before you do philosophies or metaphysics, you're supposed to know Shas. So he writes, "Havayz da bayiv Before even chassidus, before even kabbalah, before everything. First of all, Rama writes, "You're supposed to know havayz da Why? Isn't all this tirah? Yes, but so what? Because shas is miyashev es hamoach Vesaled. Talmud Bavl'i teaches you disciplined thinking and ultimately disciplined feeling but that's only if you learn in a disciplined way. Equals, you know what, uh, without going into particulars, you read a text, you ask, what does the text really say? Not how you put yourself in the text, or what could be the text, what does the text really say? I always tell my students I had a Rebbe, learned with him for 10, 12 years. Whenever we went to Roshba, he would pull out, a memory of course, all the parallel assurance of Rajba and Shasan and tshubas. And then he would say, this is what the Rajba means by language, etc., by parallels. He didn't, he didn't have Fshelaima. He knew what the Rajba meant because he held the Rajba's pulse, Because he knew it. You want to know a Rambam? Know all a Rambam. And then you'll know exactly how he thinks, and you'd be surprised he wasn't Yeshivish. Personally, the Rambam never learned <laughs> 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 You hey, Be honest about this. If you read the Rambam, if you read his writings, you read totally how he thinks and his language, you hop how he worked. And the usage of thought, the way this day so far from foreign to his language, it's funny. It's called being intellectually honest. If you're honest and you want to know a truth, you'll find it. And that's miyashi v'sal v'saleif. You become a true seeker of truth, not what can I say or how does this make me feel good. It's a good vort, don't you like it? Isn't it nice? Isn't it inspiring? You know, I always do this when people, tell, after I say Eshiya somewhere, wherever it be, and these people come up and say, oh Rabbi, that was beautiful. And my retort is, my wife is supposed to be beautiful. This is supposed to be true. So beauty is totally irrelevant. Aesthetics has nothing to do with truth. It can be ugly, but it's the truth. If you would have told me, Rabbi, this was true, I would have been complimented. You told me it's aesthetic, that means I conned you and you're willing to be conned. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. One in one is two. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It's a truth. It's an objective reality. Good, bad, beautiful, ugly are subjective terms, what it does to you. I want to know what the text says. A beautiful shtikl yeah, I did that until the bar mitzvah. Something emes is from the bar mitzvah. The biggest sight. When you say v'tay libeinu loovdecha be'emes, think about everything we spoke about today. God, can you please help me be honest? So here I'm going to tell you about the Migdash. You know, um, the Migdash, Rama writes in Hilcheh uh, Beis Abkhira, in Perik Aleph, Mitzvah, Livnois, Bayes, La Hashem, Muchan, La Hakrib, Baye, Elav, Shalosh, Pamim, Bashana. There's a mitzvah to build a house for God, prepared for the sacrifices, and we celebrate around it nationally, thrice yearly. So the purpose is, A, it has to be a Bayis Lashem. B, it has to be prepared for the animal sacrifices. C, ultimately, we have to have a national experience of thrice yearly all coming to this place. Ramam does not describe what does it mean Bayis Lashem. But the Ramam expects you to know, once again, and it's a teisefta in Zvachim, the end of the 13th Beirik. Where the Rabbi Tsefta writes as follows. If you just have a Mizbeach, without an Oran and Luchos, that's called a Bama Gedola. It's a place of worship, and you can be of Kerbanus there, until Yerushalayim was chosen. called a Bama Gedola. What makes a Migdash? It's not enough to have a Mizbeach. You have to have the Oran and the Luchos there. The means a place with an Oran and a Luchos. And then, Muchan bar Now, once you have a place with an Oren and a Luchos, you should be able to do sacrifices there. What's the purpose of the oran and the Luchos? That's what I want to know. The Rama writes in, in, the book, in the guide of the perplexed in the third volume I think is the 31st chapter I don't remember exactly which chapter it's the 43rd chapter if I'm not mistaken where the Rama writes the purpose of the Yoran and Luchas are you're supposed to go to a place where you're not going to walk in there but you know that there lies the tablets of the covenant between you and God Lucha Ha'edus And you sit there and think about the content of that bris, of that covenant, that relationship between you and God. You meditate. You focus. You sit and you think. What is God for me? What am I for Him? That's Bayis Hashem. A place of encounter between man and God. For man is in search of God and God is in search of man. He wants you to sit down and think about it. Think about your relationship. Each person here has a different relationship with God. Hopefully, if you've been taught to Darwin like a mensch, you understand that you have to constantly try to understand it. And our lives are different, and everybody's life is different, complex. Sometimes God is nice to me, sometimes he's terrible. Let's be honest sometimes it's rough, sometimes it's easy sometimes he makes no sense sometimes he's unbelievable sometimes he is terrible and his Auschwitz and Madonna and sometimes he's beautiful and his Yom HaTzmahut in our, my lifetime that whole thing's happened, okay? so I see it I've seen it, I'm product of that period of time yeah, I've seen the fruit of the God, which um, was not the nicest guy on earth. I say kaddish for my elder brother, it was Burton Auschwitz, and uh, he was two years old. And um, and I also, Baruch Hashem, live in Eretz Yisrael today. You know, something that my grandfather didn't dream about. So who's God? Very <coughs> complex. Who is my God? Very complex. That's the God I know. Very complex. Very multicolored, not easily defined. I tried to emulate him. (laughs) Personally. Balachta bedracha. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to contemplate and think about your relationship with the Kaddish Boko. What do you want in that relationship? Only afterwards do you do your kabbanaot. Only after you go to Darwin. Only after do you ask, but first you gotta figure out who are who are we? It's a place of trying to understand who am I with God and who is God with me. It seems to be conducive to that. Because basically we are commanded thrice yearly as a national event. We all march to Jerusalem to encounter that. And the Gemara says when the oil of golem would come, they would be megaydalas they would move aside the paraychis, we wouldn't walk into the Kodesh but we would see the Aaron. And we would see the Kruvim hugging each other, and the Chazal say, the Kainim used to say to the Jews, Lifnei See how much God loves you. The Kruvim hugging each other means that God is hugging the Jews. What happened was that thrice yearly we were fortified in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was vivid. It was real. And then we could do the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs were in a context of a vivid relationship with God. For me, then the, the Rambam ends that Aliyah regel is not just Stama Mitzvah, it is part of the definition of the midrash doesn't say you bring him tamid. doesn't say avad Those are the three things. Because God does not want to be just a private God. He wants to be a national God. He wants to be a God of a nation. He wants the people. A nation is something which is, has a common culture, language, history, land. Well, the culture that we share in common is that relationship with the Kaddish Baruch And our activities are supposed to be part of that and expressing that. You know what I miss? Let me tell you what I miss terribly. Any person trying to be honest in his religion, what he misses, it's so hard to be honest in your religion. Because culturally, the religion is so foreign to me. When someone tells me, don't you really want skirted priests slitting throats of goats? No! Hashiva Sheftain Nukur Yishon please bring back the ancient Sanhedrin jurisprudence do you really want to see public flogging? that's what it means it means Malchus it means Abba Mises Bezden, you know pouring hot lead milkshakes on people's throats and if they can't nick you with that once in 70 years they put you in Kipa read Sanhedrin Pebe's they put you in solitary confinement. Everyone, don't worry, no one gets off. You guys think that you guys if no one gets off. If, there, if a technicality wouldn't let us do abermesis beds, we put you in keeper. We feed you a terrible diet, and you blive a, die of a bleeding ulcer. I'd rather get stoned, I mean with stones, than uh, than, 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 than die of a bleeding ulcer. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want you to misunderstand me, you understand I'd rather get stoned could mean something else. So I mean with stones, right? I'd definitely rather get stoned with stones than uh, or get my head chopped off the diver bleeding ulcer. Everyone dies! And that's what you pray for. Hashiva And you actually tell God, I'm distraught because we don't have that. Are you really in bad shape because you don't put hot milk milkshakes down people's throats? you feel very distraught does anybody feel distraught that no one's getting like uh, no, you know flogged? Do you, would you enjoy see flogging man you're asking to go back to be Iran and Saudi Arabia man that's what you're asking for do you realize what you're asking for three times daily you're lying to your teeth you think it's funny And I stand in front of God like an idiot say, God, you know what I do? I say, God, I don't really want this. Can I be blunt with you? I actually don't want this at the moment. But I know you want it. And I know that what you want is the right thing. So help me want to want this. That's how I pray. That's my kavana when I say that Racha. Help me want to want this because you want it. And what you want is what I want. At least I'm supposed to want. Help me want what you want. Not because I identify with your goal, with, with with this uh, flogging. But I know that's your Ratsan and that's the Matisse of Sabria. I want that to happen. Not because I want the flogging, because I want you let your will be fulfilled. But you have to be honest about that. And if you never asked the question, you didn't say Did I never adopted. We are so far culturally for what religion really wanted us to be. And he'll tell you another story. It's a famous one. I always tell it over. I used to do recruiting for KBY. He used to, like, run the program, whatever it was over there. Thank God it retired, sit and learn, teach, don't have to waste my time. You know, I used to actually teach here every night. Okay. You know, there was one year I taught here in the morning. Okay. Um, and, um... So I used to have to spend six weeks a year going literally internationally, South Africa, Europe, America, to go, you know, interview these, excuse me, acne adolescents. And, you know, and to smile through my nose and and see whether he knows anything. And if yes, I would take him to KBY. Anyway, so at the end, I... uh, So the the best time I always had was when no one bothered me because everyone always somehow thinks... I feel sometimes I'm like flypaper. paper. Like all Moria nefesh somehow end up in my basket, like King David, you know all the sorry, all the lonely people. If you ever, if you know the Beatles, and um, and uh, so here I am in the train to Baltimore. That's the best place on earth. You go into the silent car. You don't have a phone. No one can talk to you. Oh, Hashem, and take out a gemara and finally learn something for two and a half hours. Here I'm sitting down and <laughs> and a goatee this guy goes up to me and says, are you Rabbi Blachman? So, honestly, I want to tell my name is Schwartz. I just went, get the hell out of here, man. I got two hours. Don't kill it for me. You can't, right? You're not, you can't do that. But right? someone needs you, you got, you got to answer. There's no such thing as, as hours. So I says, yes. How can I help you? you know, I put I a smile. Okay, that was a smiley smile, okay? In program. Be nice to people. Even if you wish they weren't there. And you say, smile, right? And I I, I said how can I help you? So this guy, he's marketing to Taylor's. And he figures, <coughs> you know, i would be a great billboard. I got a lot of students, got news for you, hell of a lot of students, okay? And if I put on Taylors and my talus, brother dear, this guy will make a killing. So he's really offered to me, I think, four packs a year. It's quite expensive, okay? For free. If I wear it, my Talos and Tales Putin, he's the doctor Talos Gardel he wants, okay? And then and then I'll get it for free, right? Eh? We'll now how do I get this guy off of my back? A, I don't plan to be anybody's billboard. That's number one. Second of all, without going into the alachic discussion, I don't think it's Trelus. Okay. And that's another story. Not that I have a suffix, it's a vade I mean it's not but that's not against you. Okay? If you ever want to know that, another day. Okay? I take me push it's m'push la treze. Okay? It's not ever suffix suffix. You have bonus suffix. You rice. No, 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 no. It's garnished. There's nothing there. Okay? Shall I tell you why? I'll tell you why. Because they, they, they write over there and they're writing the molecular structure of, of, of indigo and of this treeless is the same thing. Now, anybody who learned high school chemistry knows if that's the case, you can't have a chemical test to discern between indigo and this. And so, for there's a chemical test to discern between tchilus and traila. that they're not the same molecular structure. this is not tchilus. That's all. But, der my maimra musker, Okay? It's another pasha. To me, it's a b's of the I don't think twice. You know? I am uh, not in the habit of taking prisoners. Anyway, so now that this is the Emmis, <laughs> how do I get rid of him? That's the real problem. How do I get rid of this guy? And that'd be nice, right? So I tell him, you know, I would love to do this for you, but the problem is it doesn't work for me. Just, what do you mean it doesn't work for you? <laughs> so I'll tell you. Why did God want Techeles? Techeles leyam. You think of Telus, you think of the beach, and the Yam is Dimererikia. You think of the beach, you think of the sky, and you think of the sky for You think of Kisei Alkavite, so you put blue, and you think Kisei Alkavite. So he says, "Yeah, right, right, right." So then I said, "Look, I want to tell you the honest truth. Don't judge me. I say, when I think blue, I think an Energizer drink. I don't even think about the beach." And if I get to the beach, I'm not sure I'm thinking about the water and no comet. <coughs> when I finally get to the water, I don't think I think about the sky. Now, I actually love astronomy. I look at the sky a lot. It's very rare that I'll think about Kisiak Comet when I'm looking at the rings of Saturn. It obviously means that culturally, this doesn't work for me biblical man, obviously, he thought blue, water, sky, Kisei I covered. Do you think Kisei covered when you look at the sky? So you're with me. We're friends, okay? I'm not going to ask what you think about on the beach. Okay? We'll let that one go. Oh at the end of the day, I tell him, listen, I'm culturally totally eons away from where what this is supposed to be. So I have a long way... To, I, I don't want to say, that's a Christ I need a. a uh, a, a, a religious metamorphosis to finally then well God will actually bring you back the real tailors? <laughs> I didn't want to say that okay didn't want to disturb him okay I just said listen so I'm a bad guy he looks at me and says are you for real so I said yeah <laughs> then he says oh you don't want to talk to me uh huh and he walked away <laughs> so he hopped. okay it's, it's, it's a nice way of getting out of things but the truth of the matter is I'm not joking with everything I said is true. I'm so culturally away from all this. You know my problem is? My problem is I should be caring about Malkus HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I should be caring about a Megdash. It should. Why am I not? And the answer is because through this Gulus, I've lost my sensitivities to the, to the value system called Torah and the Ratzin HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have to force myself to say, God, I don't feel it, but I want you to help me feel it. Why do I need that? What's the tragedy of Golis? It's exactly all the questions we raise because we are so far from it, so devoid of it, we don't really miss it. We can't even daven like a mensch anymore. And you know what I mourn for? I mourn I want that to come back. I want to be able to God not just to be the head of my religious order, but the, my source. Basically my sense of self, my identity, lies in Ratzin HaKadosh Baruch It was His will, is what I should feel should be my will. It's a Mishlim Perti my will is supposed to be synonymous with the will of God God's will is supposed to be my culture it's how he sees things the way I, it should be my paradigm and that is the tragedy of Gollus we wrote a lot of good books in Gollus we became very very religious practitioners but we lost one thing Judaism as my culture, as my paradigm, as the way I see things, no, we've lost that. We've lost it. Big time. We are products of Western culture which observe Jewish religion. But Jewish thought, Jewish sensitivities, and Jewish values, God's thought, God's values, we are so far from it. Now I think of the ancient people, Ramam writes and Hilches Avai Dezorah, now the the Zohar started, they looked at the stars. They figured, look, God placed the stars, and the stars are higher than us. That means God is sending me a message that they are spiritually more important than me. Did you ever look at the stars and feel that? Do you realize what natural man was originally? Everything he saw in the world, he saw a message from God. Magadlu secha Hashem v'cholu. I see the sky, I see your actions, I realize your will. We are culturally Westerners, not culturally Jewish. We are religious, we are practitioners, we, but you know what? It's all programmed, because it's not us. We are products of the Western world. And what makes us feel good or bad, smile or cry, are our Western values. And we feel queasy about skirted priests slitting throats of goats. We do. We, do. we learn chassidus for that. It's a bachina of this, it's a bachina of that, you know. That makes life easy. Kick it into the bachina world and you can be comfortable with it. The problem is God wants it to happen for real. He doesn't want a bakina of a Shiva Shaptinik where he's He's a freaking Sanhedrin. Learn Mesekla Sanhedrin. That's what he wants to happen. You know, I once told my mom, I said, my mom's a friend of Mom, you want Mashiach? She says, Of course. But mom, it's gonna be a monarchy. You won't be able to vote him out. Can you imagine if it was Obama and you're stuck with him? <laughs> there was Obama days, you understand? Okay. No, it can't be. Yeah, mom. What do you mean? But it says he's going to be wise. He says, yeah, but look at Shleim mouth. He was wise. His son was a jerk. Rechavah. You don't know who the second king is going to be. You only know the first. And you can't vote him out. It's going to be a monarchy. No more Senate than Congress. You ain't voting anymore, mom. You sure you want this? She says, are you serious? She says, yeah, mom, I'm serious. Do you want this? Not sure. Good. Now you got to figure out what you want. Poor my poor mom. I hope she figured it out by the time it was over, you know what I mean? But It's the truth! Have you ever decided to basically ask how religious you really are? And that's what I mourn for. I mourn for a basic dish where I can sit down and understand my relationship with God and His relationship with me and try to all my karbonos, all my mitzvahs should be coming out of that contemplation, out of that relationship. That part is missing at the moment. I pray that they will come, and this is what the Pasik says, that in the days in the future what will happen is, that the world will be flooded with God-awareness as the oceans cover the seabed we will go through a major cultural and religious metamorphosis. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm actually quite sad when I assess myself religiously. Not in practice. Thank God I'm not that bad. A, could be better. Always could be better. But not terrible. Okay? Question not purpose. The question is the dasa Hashem. <coughs> which is the first mitzvah in the Torah? For goodness' sakes, cooking <coughs> Rambam. Mitzvah Leda, shee shav matui rishon etc. And no God. That we're very deficient. We're not deficient in hitches. You know, we know what hechsher to eat. We know which which erv we don't trust. We know we do know, we know which hechsher and shemitah you don't trust. And all these we know. We know all the no's in the world. But have we sat in front of the Or Bruce and thought about what's our relationship? And how will that all become part of that? That's something that all of you can do. All of you can do. Do you want to do something real? Try to focus this week in introspective discussions between yourselves. Who is God for you? What are you to him? What's your relationship? How do your, your life? express that relationship you know when you're in love with someone believe me, everything you do is somehow expression of that relationship take it from me, I'm an old horse I got a 50th anniversary coming up soon okay Yeah. thank God, you know what I mean yeah if the Raman writes if you're really in love then everything you do is an expression of that love you eat, you walk, you sleep. Everything somehow comes out of that. Real Avatah Hashem is expressed in everything you do. Everything you do, you live with that awareness. And here's a story to end this. There were two friends that went to two different places to learn. One went to Vilna, to the Gra, And the other one went to Mizrich, to the Maggid of Mizrich. the... Uh, the teacher that followed the Baal College, The old friends met together one day, and, and, and Mr. Vilna says to Mr. Msrich, like, what the hell are you doing there? Come to us, Mr. Oh, Vilna, we know how to crack the dice for us. You know, we do it right. So Mr. Rich says to Mr. Vilna, you know, there's one thing they teach us there that, believe me, no one else teaches. What do they teach you? They teach us to read thoughts. says, ah, come on... What do I think about now, says Mr. Vilna to Mr. Ms. Rich. Mr. Rich looks at his, his forehead and says, You're thinking about God. He says, Are you kidding? Ah, that's why you should go to Ms. Rich. <coughs> they teach us to think about God. So I actually went to Vilna. But this message is right. You know what this week is for? Try thinking about God. Not just the liturgy, not just the official Hebrew words. No, no. Who's God for you? What's your relationship with him? Who's the God of history of your family? What does it mean to you? Try to learn more about that. Get your advisors and your teachers to, you know, do the real work. You glorify the God of history of the past of your forefathers. But in order to emulate him, which is anivanbeu, means he has to be your own God. It's that You want to emulate God? It's got to be the God that you found. You want to glorify God? You can glorify the God of history, the God of my fathers, my grandfathers. B'zichvayshu b'zmatn That's your job. Make it worthwhile. Don't be a waste of space. And make sure the world is a bit better by the time you leave than it was on your birthdays. Have a great night. Bye. Your curfew starts now. (coughs)